What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey team, welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. We are taking a few weeks off from recording new episodes and we are rerunning some of our favorite apps from the recent past. Greatest hits, if you will. We hope you love them. And if you do, maybe take a deep dive into our archive. We have been doing this thing since 2015, so there is plenty to keep you busy. And if you want even more, head to a thing or two HQ.com to subscribe to our much loved Monday newsletter and to sign up for our membership program, Secret Menu. For four bucks a month, you'll get one additional newsletter from us every week, chock full of the things we cannot shut up about and will not shut up about. And as always, to share your thoughts on this episode or anything, really leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. Hi, it's Claire. Okay, before we dive into this week's show, we wanted to make sure you're up to speed on our secret menu. If you're listening to this, I'm going to guess you probably already get our free Monday newsletter. And if you don't, go sign up at a thing or two HQ.com. But in addition to that, we also send out a once weekly members only newsletter, and you have to subscribe to Secret Menu for four bucks a month to receive it. We share what's in our shopping carts, what links we're slacking back and forth, answer reader questions, and just generally sort of get into the nitty gritty of stuff. Secret Menu Boiled Down is basically where we put all of our best secrets, from what to buy for new parents for under 50 bucks, to things that will make washing the dishes less miserable, to how I do my hair. Again, it's four bucks a month, and you can cancel anytime. Sign up at a thing or two HQ.com to receive it, as well as our endless gratitude for supporting what we're doing. If you love this podcast and the Monday newsletter, we think you'll love Secret Menu too, and we'd be so grateful to you for showing your support by signing up. All right, that's it. On to the show. Hi, this is Deborah Messing. And I'm Andana Dayani. We decided to create a podcast to introduce you to the people who inspire us most. These are the dissenters. The people who just made a decision one day to break down the establishment and build a new one. In the greatest times of grief or even the most ordinary of circumstances, many heroes will rise. You just have to take that first step. So please tune in. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. There are heroes everywhere. Discover them. Become one. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. You might know us as the co-founders of Of A Kind, the co-authors of Work, Wife, or just two women who feel so strongly about their relationship that they own the domain, ClaireAndErica.com. 
related, head there to sign up for a newsletter and leave us a voicemail, 833-632-5463. We love voicemails. Oh my gosh, we do. This is an exciting episode. Oh my gosh. We have, we're talking about sweet potatoes and then we're interviewing Mickey Drexler. It's a classic combination. <laughs> everybody who, everybody who likes one of those things is yeah. interested in the other. I, I feel like I it's also just a classic us, you know, so <laughs> I hope you're in charge of titling these episodes and I hope you just call it sweet potatoes and Mickey Drexler. Perfect. Done. Sold. I would Less listen work to that. For me. Who wouldn't? I would. I would listen. Well, everybody, everybody on right now is like, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so I feel like um, whenever I say I feel like, I think about your dad giving you shit about for saying I feel like, but yes. I do feel like. Yeah. I do feel. I have the feeling. It's not sweet, a thinking. It's a feeling yeah, that sweet potatoes are having a moment. Claire, if so, I've been way ahead of oh, this. Oh yeah, you've been way, way, way ahead of this. You really have. Um, an early, an early sweet potato adopter. Yeah. Um. So I think I was thinking the other day when I was making, like, I was like baking three sweet potatoes and I was like, I think if Claire were to make a list of the things she misses about working across from me least, <laughs> sweet potato lunch season is probably high on the list. It was mildly depressing in part because, <laughs> one, I'm not a sweet potato person. You're not. I got more, when I was pregnant, I, I got more of a sweet tooth and so I started getting more into yeah. sweet potatoes and that's kind of stayed, like I've, I have a, a more of an appreciation for them. But you were just bringing a sweet potato in a tinfoil thing. That's right, Claire. And then sprinkling it with soy sauce. Like something you could throw into a campfire, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and I do think, okay, I will say my my previous um, preparation, mm-hmm. so, you know, I'd bake them for like an hour or whatever on 400, but then I would just wrap them up in foil and then I'd bring them with... Um, uh, soy sauce and coconut oil and I do find that to be and that was like in a little container and like the coconut oil was always solid because it was winter yeah so then you just kind of yeah so I do think that my current preparation um, is less depressing slash more inspiring more inspiring so what I've been doing these days is I mix myself a sauce of almond butter and seasoned rice vinegar. That does sound good. And listen, both of those things, excellent. And you just, you know, it's enough so that you can pour it. That's how much you're putting in. Mm -hmm. That's the ratio. And then I've been topping the whole thing with furiyaki. Oh, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is that how you say it? I say furikake, but I've never heard yeah, anybody yeah, with okay. any authority on the topic. Yeah, yeah. I, it, so. I, right before I said it, I was like, man, this is one of those never said it, only read it words. Yep. Um, and here we are. Yeah. Um, but it's that like umami combination like of flakes and salt, right? It, yes. And, and some, sugar yeah. and uh, sesame seeds and definitely right, yes. a little bit of MSG. It's really it good on excellent. popcorn. It's great on rice. Yeah. Like, you know, all of these. And it is excellent on a sweet potato. I believe it. That's something you could definitely shove in your desk drawer and That's easily true. have in a way that like, you know, the coconut oil less Not so. so much. Less so. Um, Cam really loves sweet potatoes. They were the first food that he ever had. So we have started eating them more often yeah. in my house because we have them. And Chris made a really delicious Bon Appetit recipe that's basically like a loaded a loaded baked potato. Yeah. Um, and it, but you load it with lentils, peanuts, citrus, feta, all things that you would not necessarily think go so well together, but it was delicious. Listen, it sounds delicious to me. And it felt really um like hearty. Hearty and filling and a little bit like junk food, but it was it had enough protein healthy. for you. Had enough protein. Thank oh my God. God. This Ooh. is part of why watching you eat one sweet potato for lunch, I was like, that is a snack. No, but it has fiber and like I the know. coconut oil and like I don't and I am also not of as protein intensive as you. Protein, and then yeah. I also like if I'm ever still hungry, I just eat some almonds or yes, something. Right. Yeah. So, so another thing you find to be depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thrilling. Yeah. What a lunch. <laughs> um, Stella Bugby, the editor of the, uh, New York Magazine's The Cut, 
is really into sweet potatoes, and I guess she eats one every morning for breakfast. And I have to say, I can actually get into them more, the idea of them more as a breakfast food. Because of the sweetness. Because of the sweetness and because, like, I never want breakfast to be that exciting. I'm, like, fine with breakfast not what being exciting. What does she eat hers with? I think just she salt. just eats them, yes, plain with salt, and it takes a similar approach of, like, maybe baking several at once and yeah. then just, like, grabbing one out of the fridge and maybe reheating it. Yeah, she's, I reheat. She's yeah. gotten really into— um, different varieties of sweet potatoes. So like the purple Japanese ones that she picks And the up white Japanese yes, ones. And exactly. Yeah. Those are, and I like, listen, those are all wonderful and, and probably, you know, more inspiring than the plain orange ones. Mm-hmm. But I also just buy whatever's available yeah, no, to me. Yeah, no, I, I understand. You know, they're also heavy. I don't want to lug them around. <laughs> they are really heavy. It's That's my chill. one gripe about sweet potatoes. <laughs> you they're heavy. They were <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I will say about them, especially as it pertains to preparing baby food, is they're so much easier to cut than say like squash. A hundred. You don't have to do anything. You just yeah. wash them, poke some holes in them, throw them in the oven. Yeah. And then they come out and they're delicious and the skin's delicious. And I do you're like not like skin. hacking yes. into an acorn squash, which is yeah, exactly. Not exciting. Um, there's also a Samin Nosrat recipe on the New York Times that I like. It surfaces in my Instagram and my feeds all of the time. It's sweet potatoes plus tahini butter that I think sounds so delicious. Tahini butter in general as, yes. a, as a condiment is, is appealing to me. Yeah. And then our friend Lauren Sherman is really into this sweet potato bread that's it's gluten-free. You're going to try it. I haven't tried it yet. Um, That does. Sweet potato bread sounds very good to me. Well, you know, sweet potato is one of those things like avocado that people sub when things are like vegan, Mm, you know, because it's like moist, like Mm -hmm. bananas. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's moist and it can impart that whole thing. That makes sense. Yeah. I um the other thing about sweet potatoes, and I'm glad you didn't do this because it would make it even more depressing, but I you can cook them just by microwaving them. See, which, look, <laughs> I could have been more depressing than I was, and here I am. But I do think that's part of what makes them like a very good work lunch is like you can just throw them in the microwave and, and cook them that but way. I like the crispy skin. You can't get that. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really I'm coming around on sweet potatoes. I've always been a sweet potato fry person, sweet potato french fries are delicious. 100%. And though that was like a very early 2000s thing. Like in the yes. sweet potato With fries. With like a chipotle mayo. Yes. Are <laughs> to the early aughts as balsamic vinegar was to the 90s. Yes. Right. Totally. Yeah. And raspberry vinaigrette to the 80s. Yes. <laughs> um, should we bring our <laughs> yes, guest let's on? let's bring our okay. guest on. We are so excited about our next guest. Um, this is somebody who we have known about forever, Mickey Drexler. And sort of like I don't know, looked up idolized. to. Idolized. I think is the appropriate yeah, I term. I think that's appropriate. And he was one of the first people we met with um, after the news that Avakine was shutting down. Um, and it made us feel less bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it made us feel way less bad. We were. It also gave us something to look forward to other than winding down our company. And it uh, turns out he's, I would say, even more sort of inspiring and kind and and wonderful than we probably imagined. To give you the short version, which I think he'll elaborate on, he got started in the 80s um, running Ann Taylor. Then I think like really made his name at Gap where he started Old Navy and Gap Kids and then went on to make J. Crew a huge success and now is an investor and advisor in a brand that we are so excited about called Alex Mill. And wearing Alex Mill pants today. We both own so much of it and wear it so much. And I feel like if you haven't heard of Alex Mill yet, it's going to be a name that you will very very much be hearing about soon and and will be uh, in your wardrobe soon. Hey, Mickey. Hi there. How are you? Um, we are so excited to have you. Um, and we also thought this was sort of, this is so this is going to air right after the new year. And our thinking was it'd be great to have you sort of help people think about how they're thinking about work and creativity and like what their t- like work year in 2020 is going to be like. Um, 
And you're such an inspiration to us and to so many people. And we just sort of wanted to pick your brain about all kinds of things related to how you run your life and your day. Well, because you have had such a long career at this point and show no signs of stopping. And I feel like, uh, you know, people ask us and we're like, you know, in our mid-30s, like, what are your, how do you run your day? What's your key to success? Like, I don't know. I've only been doing this for 15 years. Yeah, exactly. Like, so how, how about we hear from someone who who's uh, tried and true and, and tested at this point? Okay, uh, tell me how uh, your first question is. How, yeah. <laughs> All right, so what, I, what? how do you start your day? What time do you get up? Well, I get up uh, anywhere from 5.30 to 6.30. Okay. Every morning, uh, usually I miss one morning, I go to Soul Cycle. Okay. Uh, I do that because it gets, I don't know if they say whatever gets started in your mind, but mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm i very disciplined Okay. Uh, about lots of things, and I like structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always in the business, the creative business, not necessarily, but I do that every morning. Uh, and then I, um, do you have favorite teachers uh, or instructors? I, I do, but I really do. Yeah. I have a few. I yeah, won't yeah, mention yeah. them here. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> you don't uh, want yeah. the classes but, but I, to get too I crowded. I go to seven or seven thirty every morning. Okay. So how long have you been doing soul cycle for? I'd say six or seven years. That's a long time. What uh, were you doing before that? Uh, actually, uh, I walked every morning okay. on the treadmill, but it was very boring. Yeah. And when I lived in California for 18 years, I did the treadmill every morning, but I was on the telephone mm. with our office in New York. So that kind of went quick. Huh. Okay. Uh, so uh, that's what I do every morning. And then uh, I kind of get ready to, uh, I've taken up uh, meditation recently, six or seven months ago. So I try to meditate in the morning. After Soul Cycle? Uh, after or before. It depends on what time for I For how long? Up. A twenty. Well, it's twenty-three minutes. Okay. Is yeah. it an app or a specific? No, no. I, I. Uh, it's specific. Uh, what medita- form what? of meditation yeah. is it? Transcendental uh, meditation. I, I, it's that, and I learned a new one called Home, H O M S A meditation. I don't know this. Home Sa. Yeah. And uh, so I do both now. I started to do huh. Home Sa. It's different uh, okay. than T M. Yeah. And I kind of like it. That's interesting. Yeah, what? my yoga teacher. Uh, taught me um, how to do that. Have you, what sort of differences have you found in your day-to-day since you started meditating? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm really not sure. I I think I, uh, my day-to-day is pretty much consistent. I might, no, I, I can't answer that. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you're sticking with it. I'm staying with it. Yeah. Do you eat breakfast? Uh, I do, but I, I eat a minimal breakfast or uh, you're going to ask like for all these details. You'll probably edit, edit <laughs> half of the math. No, we love the details. Yeah. Like, That's our favorite uh, part. Like uh, I try now to do no more than two meals a day. Okay, oh, interesting. But I this morning I just had a coffee for breakfast. Uh, but I'll try to do a piece of toast. Okay, and a coffee. Or if I do avocado toast with scrambled egg whites, I usually have no lunch ish, and then I'll do a dinner. Got so, it. Got do you it. ever skip dinner, or is it always no, dinner? I like. Okay, uh, but, it's the breakfast and lunch I watch that alternate. My diet like crazy. You do well. I, I do. Yeah. Do you? Is it just sort of like an intuitive thing, or is there? Are you following some sort of specific no, approach? No, it, it's really I find, and I, I kind of, uh, you know, again, all this is personal stuff. Yeah, of course. There's a good way to lose weight and stay in shape. Mm-hmm. Just don't eat a lot of food. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, everyone has these diets yeah. and this and that, and I, I just decided when my doctor said, mm-hmm. you need to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, okay. I'm, and my wife, Peggy, said the same. Mm-hmm. I decided, okay, I'm going to lose weight. So I lost 20 or so pounds by wow. eating less. And I work out every day. I always worked out every day. Right. 
But Soul Cycle is a much more intense workout than walking on the treadmill. Uh, it's more intense, uh, but yeah, like more it's, concentrated. it's more schmoozy. You go there and you <laughs> schmooze with people, whereas on a treadmill, it's very lonely and you yeah. get very bored quickly. Yeah, I have to have a TV if yeah. I'm on the treadmill. Yeah. I have to and you like schmoozing. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a sh- I like to schmooze. I like to talk to people. I like to find out about themselves. And I just, I like the energy of people around me. All right. So you're eating, you're exercising. <laughs> what are you wearing? Do you have a uniform? Yeah, every day, same mm-hmm. stuff. What is it? Uh, it's jeans that Mary Pearson made for me at my old company. Wow. I okay. say Mary Pearson because she's my jeans maven and a friend of mine. This was at J. Crew? Uh, J. Crew and Madewell. Mary okay. is now, uh, she she's responsible for all the jeans at Madewell. Okay, cool. And they're known for having a fantastic jean program. So they're, they're custom jeans from Mary. How many pairs of custom jeans do oh, you have? Oh, I have about 12. They're all the same, but now she's slightly narrowing my new batch of jeans. Are they all different washes? Uh, different washes, uh, yeah, but she's slightly narrowing them. Just to <laughs> update for the what's stylish now or for your physique? You know, it's the details in life that matter, you know. <laughs> so I, it's not my physique as much as just I need a little... A tweak. A tweak. I need to be tweaked. And is she going to do 12 new ones at once or are you just like going to her every couple of months to get no, one new pair? No, she'll do them at probably once after the first one passes tests. And if she's listening to this mm-hmm. and I'll call her, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting too long for the... Tweak. I understand. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, then you're wearing a button-down shirt and a blazer typically? Every day. Every yeah. day. No, yeah, yeah this. And uh, I switched to a work uh, jacket from Alex Mill. Today I'm wearing yeah. an Alex Mill sweater. It looks very uh, nice. That we sold out very quickly. Sort of uh, like an unstructured blazer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and uh, I like uh, unstructured yeah. blazers now, and that's what I wear. Yeah. Um, do you ever get bored and want to wear something else, or is, are you— um, You know, I, I do-ish, but on the other hand, I don't know what else to wear. Like, these shoes are, like, older than you guys are, <laughs> you know? You know? What are your—for— for uh, sort of standby pieces besides Alex Mill. What are your go-to brands? Let's see, go-to today, uh, Hermes. Okay, yep. For special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, either accessories mm-hmm. or I sometimes I find a great jacket I love mm-hmm. there. Not, not uh, like a, a winter jacket-ish okay. thing. Like outerwear, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not a shopper mm-hmm. because it's easy when you have a uniform. You don't have to think much. Right. And so I've been wearing my uniform every day for... Years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really aspire to that. I just you get really bored. do. I get bored, and then I I know, yeah. And then I want to switch it up, and then I spend too much time trying to figure it out. And then you, you try on like nine outfits in oh, the morning, God, and it's, it's a disaster. A mess. This is yeah. why I want a uniform so badly because the yeah. amount of time wasted playing but, dress but up. I, I don't know if if it works differently for men than women. A uniform. I don't know, though, because, like, Tawny Goodman has a uniform that I think is really stylish and really really works for her. And she's been a big inspiration in that department for me. I do think there's part of it is when you have established your professional reputation such that you don't feel like you need to speak through your clothes and to sort of make an impression with your clothes, then you can wear the same thing every day because it's not saying something about you. It's not introducing you you in some way. Yeah. 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 Well, I always think it's about the style and the feeling of a person who's wearing Mm -hmm. the clothes as much as the clothes. Oh, absolutely. That's definitely true. But it's easy to get up. I wear the same, it's either striped or a solid white shirt. That's it. Yeah, I um, think that's important. Is there any news you consume every day? News? Yeah, I, I don't read. I used to read the Times Yeah, from cover to cover. 
uh, I I delivered the Times actually in high school. I've really? always been very loyal to the Times. Wow. You grew up in New York, right? In the Bronx. Yeah. Okay, so was this like on your bike? No, no. I delivered them at. By I hand. went to Bronx okay. Science and yeah. I delivered them. Uh, you know, like f- at the school for okay. whoever was uh, had a subscription. Wow, love that. So yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, that was a million years ago, and but I've read the Times always until about. Three years ago, I used my iPad. I mm-hmm. look at the times mm-hmm. quickly. I look at the post headlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I look at just whatever news is out there because it's, it's you absorb it by just being online. Yeah, yeah, Are you on Twitter or Instagram? Nope. Nope. Do you listen to podcasts or watch TV for uh, news? Uh, I to watch the news on TV. Yeah. Uh, if I'm home— and I have nothing to do. I don't mind watching it on TV, but I can't stand the commercials in yeah. between. Or you mm-hmm. can watch 10 minutes of content after 30 minutes. And yeah. So yeah. I, I don't much watch it. Yeah. So at this point, is there anything else you do in the morning before you head to the office? Uh, no, I, I go to San Ambrose Uptown usually for coffee. I schmooze there. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. There are a couple schmoozing stops before. Yeah, schmoozing yeah. stops. Yeah. I, yeah. They're actually there or downtown at San yeah. Ambrose mm-hmm. uh, on Lafayette across my office. And then I, well, my schedules now is different than it was for many yeah. decades. Yeah. Because I was always like rushing to the office, rushing here. Now I don't rush as much. Uh, I do a lot on the phone. Um, and I'm not, you know, at work, they don't need me the way, you know, <laughs> they tell me they don't need me the same way uh, when I was running uh, companies. Uh, no one would dare tell me that. Uh, but I, you know, when I was running big companies or whatever, uh, I, f- I I got to the office in a very disciplined way. At what time? I'd say nine ish. Yeah, uh, not not earlier than nine ish. You know. And then were your days just back to back packed meetings ba- uh, uh, scheduled? Back to back, my whole uh, executive so called my my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Now yeah. they're not. Did you like? sort of running your business by way of meetings, or did you wish you had more time to just, like, work independently? Well, I hate meetings. Okay. Yeah. So when I, you say a meeting, uh, it wasn't, you know, I, I always, uh, and I still do this, again, personal style. Yeah, a lot of yeah, 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 style. yeah, yeah. Uh, my emails, my before email, the calls went back, the emails go back, the, the texts go back quickly. Uh, I like to keep half my day. I used to keep it half was open because— okay. Walking around, schmoozing, finding out what's selling, what's not selling. But I was never, I can't see you for three weeks person okay, or two weeks. And so you would, so your days weren't necessarily scheduled back to back. No, you never, were just, okay. Never. Yeah. Uh, the only days uh, scheduled back to back were the religious days I had and looking at all the merchandise mm-hmm. uh-huh. for the upcoming season before it was placed and invested. That was three or four days or five days in a week. And that was like back to back okay. all day. I blocked out the days, but that was the only time I during the year. Four times a year, there were three, there were four weeks that I blocked out. And you also very famously did a lot of communicating over a loudspeaker yes. at J. Crew. Yep. Tell us about that. Well, when I got to J. Crew in, uh, I guess it was two thousand two or two thousand, yeah, the end of two thousand two, uh, I'd make a call. And by the way, the company was not, it was like, hello, not doing well at all, (laughs) in a a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd make a call and try to find someone because the ship was going down in a sense. And that's how I looked at it. And I, if I couldn't, they didn't get back to me. I didn't want to leave a message, a voicemail and that, you know, you have to change the culture of a business uh, in most cases, especially one that has been neglected or not managed well. 
And I was getting really upset. Like, I want to speak to this person now, this second. Mm -hmm. We had three floors uh, at 770 Broadway. I don't know how many people were there, maybe 800 or whatever, 900. And so I, uh, and I was in an office, which I got out of after three days. It was an enclosed office. So I put my desk in an open area and I put a loudspeaker system in and I, that was the beginning of it. I'm sorry I didn't do it in the old days because I love, I don't know how people felt about it, but for me it was, you know, hello, Jeff, call 8001, uh, urgent or mm -hmm. whatever. And in addition, it became, besides the early days, it became a way to have like a little uh, broadcast of information, yeah. of yeah. news, surveys I'd want to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how many people, who lives in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, if we were looking at a shopping mall, come, okay. and, come and talk to us about it. Yeah. Do you think uh, it also created a level of, I mean, for me, it feels like it would create a level of transparency just for what was on your mind and what you were thinking about uh, to the whole company. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I hope the I think the people liked it, and I and I it was kind of like a newscast, mm -hmm. and what we were thinking, and and uh, I would get on, and if I had a quote that I just read, I used it as um, communications method. Yeah, like a running commentary, and, and it it helps turn a culture around quickly, also. Because they're hearing from you, and it makes it much more intimate. If you have eight, well, at the end of the day, it was twelve or fourteen hundred people, who I kind of knew ish because I always walked around all day. Uh, but they heard what I was thinking, and they heard the challenges. They heard the news, the good news, the bad news, and I also wanted to show people some goods that I wanted to get a sense of. Mm -hmm. If I didn't know something or I didn't hear of something, I would ask on the loudspeaker, "Does anyone know of this or that? What do you think of this brand?" or urgent, come see me, and then I have some thoughts about product. If people were in a meeting or even just out of the office, how, and so you weren't hearing back immediately, did you just assume that they weren't available then or? No, uh, to me, when I get an email where, and, and it says, I'm traveling, I'll get back to you when I return, I say, where are you in the world that you don't have email? <laughs> now, vacations are one thing, and mm -hmm. I respect weekends and vacations. Yeah. But during the workday, you get back. And right, I, yeah. by the way, I judge lots of people and companies about how quickly they get back mm -hmm. because I find uh, a lag. I, I, it's, I can't help myself, but if it takes you two or three days to call someone back, uh, I don't want to say it's rude, but it's, I, I think it's not entrepreneurial. It's not the way things are. Mm -hmm. And you get back to people quickly. Now, people who work for you or your partners in a business, they knew at J. Crew. Mm -hmm. Get back to me that minute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even well, if they were in a meeting, there was an expectation. Uh, no, no. Well, if they were in a meeting, I understand. But it was always they always got back anyway. Yeah. You know. Um, how's the structure of your days changed now? How do you like your days to be structured now? Well, they usually changed when you do what I did. Uh, I well, after I left the company, J Crew, uh, I had a very hard time for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I didn't like what was going on there at all as an owner of the company. Uh, I was feeling very upset and angry to a degree as I saw the business change pretty dramatically and very quickly, and I wasn't happy about that uh, because I didn't have the say in my replacement that I thought I should have had. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I was right. Uh, so that took up a lot of my mental uh, space in not a good way. Yeah. So that took me about a year or so, year and a half to get over. How did you get over it? Uh, time and uh, Alex Mill, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, about a year, probably a year and a quarter ago, I uh, uh, one of the designers from uh, J. Crew, well, the head designer from Madewell, and then J. Crew quit, mm-hmm. and he was available. And I fixed him up with my son and said, uh, I think there's an opportunity here for you, Alex, mm-hmm. Samsak, and for me, kind of maybe I'll involved. have a, maybe I'll have a little employment going on. because <laughs> so, uh, I was looking around. You could throw yourself into something. Yeah. 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 And and uh, so I, I'm very thankful that that happened. So we uh we are now taking Alex Mill and you know, we put a lot of the old group from who were available from Madewell or J. Crew, who are in the company, you know, freelancers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, we added a women's collection. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a real it's a real startup that uh, I, I started uh, Madewell when I bought the trademark, but I started that within the bank of J. Crew. Right. Old Navy uh, was also the bank of Gap. But the structure of the day uh, changed because, oh, when I, I got together, after the year or year and a half of being out, it's very hard, the adjustment. That's yeah. a whole other mm-hmm. yeah. hour or two discussing. Well, we're going through that a little bit now. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Uh, I got them together. It worked out well. And I became the chief kibitzer, <laughs> the mentor. Uh, my son and I fund the business. Uh, so I didn't deal with, uh, you know, venture capital. Mm-hmm. Or, right. Uh, some, I just wanted to have my, I always dreamt about having my own company. Yeah. You know, I was an owner at, at J. Crew. I bought into the company. Uh, and uh, at Gap, I was a, an important shareholder. But I always dreamt that uh, that I could have my own business. That you built from the ground up. A- and that no one, uh, ground up, and uh, and Alex put a nice base in there. Yeah. From, you know, six years ago when he started it. But where I could build and not have, you know, frankly, it was not having a boss in a way who had a financial interest who might not get the vision and the feeling and have the instinct about being in the fashion business. And I have a lot of very good friends who were on the board, finance people, yada, 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 yada. But there's a certain thing about, uh, is Old Navy the right name or not? Yeah. No one told me what to name my children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know? And yeah. uh, so... Uh, so now we're we don't plan to raise funds. Uh, I don't want to have. I, I like doing myself, but that doesn't mean that I don't listen to other people. I have a group where we have some advisors who are really helpful, and then I have people I know who I go to when they know a lot more about things than I do. Uh, the day changes dramatically because there's nothing pressing every day uh, that there used to be. Because when you're running, you know, a large organization. There's never enough time in a day to get it done. And now uh, I think I have a, we have a good small team, and there's a lot less to do given the size of the business and the nature of the business. And uh, I trust the partners there. Yeah. I'm there when it comes to merchandise, always. I'm there when it comes to ideas, always. I'm there, but I'm respectful of others doing what they do. Sometimes uh, my son will say, stay away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one else in the company will say stay away. Yeah. And working with a son is is, is a tough adjustment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, my, so my structure has changed. Like we can plan things the next day, which easily. And I always have There's more some flexibility. Time. Yeah. 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 I, I'm busy all day, but it's a different kind of busy. Yeah. 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 What's it like working with your son? 
at first, it was extremely challenging for him and I. Because extremely. you would bicker. Uh, I, because I was what? You would bicker? Yeah, I guess bickering is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we bickered. Yeah. And I think it was difficult for him, who started the company, uh, to see me. Uh, I come in with a totally different style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's hard for me to... I, I don't say I disrupt the day. He's much more structured than I am. Mm-hmm. And for example, yesterday, I had a thought. I spoke to one of our advisors. And you know, when you speak to someone... He put something in my brain mm-hmm. that I, I can never wait to get something done. Yeah. So I that minute, I said, let's relook at all of uh, Summer on Order. Now, the day before we went through all of Summer on Order, then I said, I have to discuss the assortments again because instinctively, I always think we're over-assorted. And, and my advisor, it was Andrew Rosen who's an mm-hmm. advisor. Mm-hmm. And we talked about fuel. He's the founder of Theory. Yeah, and he's involved in a lot of companies. Yes. And, and Andrew's a good friend and advisor. And he said, fuel the key items, which is <laughs> how I always did that. Yeah. Fuel them, he said. And he said something else. And I said, I don't know if we're fueling the key items enough because we're always out of our best sellers, which is good news in a way. Mm-hmm. So I, that minute, said, let's see summer again. Alex and I, he said, well, we have a meeting on email at five. And that, that I said, look, I'm, this has to be done now. And mm-hmm. we'll do email at five or 530. Mm-hmm. So there's certain adjustments he has. Yeah. We bicker much less. Good. Uh, you know, and uh, much, much less. And I think he's showing uh, to me, using me a little more as a, a mentor, a little more. Uh, he's not, you know, I don't think he's threatened by me anymore, yeah. per se. But it's tough. Yeah, totally. You know, he, and he's, you know, say, you know, say, Dad, he calls me Mickey, but. He calls you Mickey? Yeah, at the work. Yeah. So, yeah. He, but privately, because, Dad, you know, I've heard these stories a hundred times. I said, I know, but, you know, you've lived with me for many decades. <laughs> I said, <laughs> but I'm trying to teach the new people. Right. So, but it's, it's very yeah. difficult, especially yeah. we're in the same business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's hard, but I, I think it's going well, much better than it was a year and a half ago. Good. All right, so we're on the topic of family. You and you, as for many decades, were the CEO of big, public, huge companies, demanding job, but clearly also really value family. How did you think about structuring your days and your weeks so that you were balancing family with work in some way? Well, in my early years, uh, I didn't do it very well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Alex thought there was a phone attached to my ear. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that. You know, that's not part of my body. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I was, um, I worked a lot. I always was home at night and on weekends because mm-hmm. I didn't go out. But uh, I was, uh, I, I'm pretty driven and a little obsessed about things and detail, which I think goes with the territory in a sense. So uh, I, I think I could have, um, I was okay with, you know, mm-hmm. with family yeah. on the weekends. I, I don't know what Peggy, my wife, would say. I think I was okay. But during the week, I was, it was about the business yeah. and you can't stop thinking about if you're in the business that I've been in, there's no such thing as not thinking about it. If you see something interesting or something that affects. you can't like turn it off. Yeah, yeah. You can turn it off. Cause if you see an idea or you're looking at a picture, I assume if someone's in the TV business it would drive me crazy to watch TV mm-hmm. and then be in the TV business. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, when you, when you're in the clothing business or the fashion business, you know, everything affects what you do in the environment. Uh, so I never turned it off. I don't, well, now I don't turn it off. It's never turned off. Mm-hmm. 
But in the early years, when I was trying to be extremely, you know, I, I, I didn't sleep well early in my, when I took over Ann Taylor, I, I didn't sleep well in my early years, uh, because I was always thinking about what I could do and how I would do it. And, you know, uh, people, you know, it's hard to be like in your thirties, you mentioned, yeah. um, sometimes it's hard because, uh, you're kind of thinking it's all out in front of you. And it, I guess it was for me. Uh, and I was inside very ambitious, not outside as much, but I had certain things that were always on my mind that I either fantasized about or I felt should be changed or different. So it's hard. You know, you yeah. go through stuff and it's not ever easy. No matter how well you do, you get up in the morning thinking, uh-oh, I need to do better. Yeah. Always. And I don't know a lot of people, I don't know a lot of people intimately who are running companies, but I think it's pretty consistent with the worry that kind of goes with being in charge of a business. Mm -hmm. You were talking earlier about how a lot of the people on the uh, Alex Mill team had worked with you at J. Crew and yes. it made well. How do you build that kind of loyalty? In, in my life of business, there, there were, uh, it was kind of, you know, the gap early days, the old Navy, they're kind of irreplaceable when you're building a company. Yep. And I think the J. Crew and Madewell, it's kind of irreplaceable. There's a point in time in companies where it's exciting. Uh, you're growing like crazy. You're making mistakes and you're fixing them. And you're watching this thing, which you don't realize is going like a rocket ship at times. Uh, but I think for people, not for me, because I always kind of worried about the next day, but I, I, I think people kind of were very excited by, I think, you know, in hindsight, uh, we all got along pretty well and I wasn't like an easy person to work for. And if someone didn't do well, they didn't do well. But uh, th th there's not a lot of environments like that. I mm -hmm. don't think around where you can find people turned on, they learn, uh, they feel they have good bosses mm -hmm. and there's important direction and vision in a company. And for me, it's always been about vision, consistency, guidelines, parameters, that one print is not right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the discussion I had at Alex Miller yesterday. I said to Samsak and Reagan, the merchant, I said, I don't want to see that print. Then we argue. I said, it's not a nice print. It's going to yeah. not make the store as nice. Mm -hmm. One print. I mean, I, I, I did, I went to, to two car design uh, companies two car, and I looked at the design room and I said, the wheel on the one car was really ugly. It ruined the car. It does, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you find something that's not good about a style, you're not going to buy it. Right. right. So the print, well, I just didn't like the print. That doesn't mean I don't like prints, but I didn't like this print. I didn't like it in the, in the picture you paint. Bad color, you know, bad ingredient in food. Yep. Kind of this throws the whole dish yeah. off. Throws it off. You work really closely with an assistant, someone who's been working with you for a while now? Yeah. Um, how do you manage that relationship and what role does she play in your day-to-day? -day? Well, she, uh, she plays a role and I've always had um, multiple before this job, you know, three. Uh, and because it's always juggling. Uh, and how were the three separate? Was it a per one personal, one professional? No, I, I, yeah, well, that's right. The personal didn't really count as a business. I had two, mm -hmm. always two business assistants, okay. always, because I, I work a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of, uh, it depends on who you are. A lot of CEOs I know are more bureaucratic and things don't touch them. I kind of have this theory that most people are. But for me, every email, 
Every phone call always returned, follow up, customer this second. So I needed two people. Uh, Kelsey does the same thing, but it's on a much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, she works both personally for me and for business. Well, she works for the company half the time and works for me half the time. And how do you manage it? Does she sort of already know when she gets up what you need from her every day? Or are you just sort of texting, calling, maintaining a to-do list I think for I'm her? difficult. Okay. Uh, I'm always reminding. I'm always pushing. I'm, mm -hmm. There's always the next thing. But that's how I am in business also. Yeah. You never can... I don't know. People say you never really can sit still <laughs> because there's always something more to do. I visited someone this morning, a uh, fellow named Andres at Snow, and very nice, furn <laughs> cool furniture company. I don't know if hmm, you've ever heard no. of it. It's really cool. S-N-O-W? S-N-O-W-E. So oh, 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 yes, we know yeah. Snow. Yeah, 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 Very yeah. cool. So yeah. I'm good. Smart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I went there. He wanted help from me, and I got help from him. Yeah. And then I called at the meeting and said, you ever hear this one? You hear everything? Because he's doing some really smart things. Yeah. And I was very impressed. Mm -hmm. And I thought it had a very nice taste. The score was impeccably mm -hmm. styled with great taste. And, you know, so you're always learning, and how do you find things out? And that's how I work. I work. I push, I'm demanding, and I think a nice way-ish. You're also very enthusiastic, yeah. which well, I, I think, you I know, get, dry, I, motivates people. I, I get turned on by the business uh, when it's exciting. Yeah. Right. And yeah, yeah, I, I am. That's, that's how I am. I, I really have fun at it. I mean, I say fun. Half of it's fun. The other half is like drudgery. Yeah. <laughs> worrying, you know. It's, it's work. Yeah. It's work. That's right. It's not always that much fun. And you worry. I worry a lot. Yeah. Um, what about work culture has changed over time that you like? What are the changes that you've embraced? Um, what I like, and then what you're talking about general work culture? or Yeah. Well, I, I still think most companies, big companies, I think are uh, uh, anti-creative and, and mm -hmm. bureaucratic. That's, yeah. you know, proved to me that they're not. Yeah. I spent 12 years in a department stores, and they were all anti-creative and bureaucratic. So how do you make a company that's not anti-creative? Well, it, it, for me, it's easy. But I, I'm saying, uh, you're talking about, if you're talking about the work culture, for me, uh, values are picked up very quickly. I always wondered when I was young and I read all the business magazines, why are they always writing about the CEO? Mm -hmm. You know, I was like a buyer at Bloomingdale's. But I realized that, you know, a CEO or a number two, they, they set the tone of a company. Uh, so for me, it's really simple. There's a rule. You don't look in the rearview mirror. Mm. I mean, that's I say that. I say it's what's happening. In the future, you have to see around corners. And I think people understand. People are smart, and they get it. And if they feel a vision, they feel a passion uh, and leadership, they're going to be a lot better. And I think that's part of the thing perhaps that people liked when we were all together as a team. Uh, I don't know how many companies are like that, creative. I don't think they are, most. You know, if you're in the car business, um, I've only visited two companies, you know, and that was a number of years back. But... Uh, you know, they had six different people designing a car. One did the wheels, one did the interior. Mm, yeah. It's a concept. Everything has got to be a vision mm -hmm. and a concept. So um, I don't know how to make companies creative. It's it's reflective of the values. And if you think about this, you're a CEO of a big company. You're making a hell of a lot of money, and you probably have a private jet these days. What are the risks you're going to take to lose that job unless you're an owner-ish, you feel like an owner, and you're passionate about what you do, and you're creative. And creativity gets measured in many ways in every kind of business. But, uh, you know, I watched Steve Jobs for 16 years. Because you were on the board of Apple. I was on the board, and Steve was uh, an entrepreneur. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched him grow it from 4 million to whatever when uh, Steve passed away. It was maybe 100 billion, 200. I don't even remember the mm-hmm. number. Something insane. Something <laughs> insane. Something hard to comprehend. And, uh, but Steve was a person who I think he worried a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he came in every day being creative, talking about what is in fact around the corner. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes with uh, people are smart. And I find, you know, you talk about people in a company and an environment, the people that I think are the best judges of talent at review time and during the year, uh, and this is what I do when I check references or talk to people, I always want to know not what the bosses think of people. I want to know what people who work for them think of them. Mm -hmm. Because we all knew, remember when you had a bad teacher? Yeah. Like we knew. The students were a yeah. good judge of that. Yeah. yeah. We, we knew. Yeah. And when you have a bad boss, who knew? Right. Uh, mostly the the subordinates know. Yeah. They know who's exciting. They know who's passionate. They yeah. know who plays the game. They know who doesn't. So in, so when I, if I'm checking someone out, mm-hmm. like in, in more in my old days and wanting to hire a senior person, I found out what the people at work for them thought of them. Yeah. Not what the bosses thought because it's easy to suck up to a boss, yes, ma'am, right. whatever, uh, and get it done. But I think in work, um, it's how the people feel, not how the bosses feel. Plus, the bosses don't really ever tell you exactly how it is. Right. You know, they, they, they also want to maintain jobs. Nothing wrong with maintaining a job. I, I, I did because I had to pay the rent when I was in department stores and I wasn't going to fool around. And by the way, everyone didn't do a startup. Right. Like today, right? Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. like I don't know where all this money's coming from. But <laughs> everyone's doing a startup, right? Yep. yep. So we should say full disclosure that two former of a kind employees now work at Alex Mill. So I hope that they're saying nice things about <laughs> us. Right? Yeah, no, they are. They love both of you. So good, good. Um, all right. So now we've talked about your mornings and your days. My mornings and my days. How do you end your days? Uh, I try to. I, I uh, try to get home by. I like to be home by 6.30 or 7. It's a nice, that's a very you know, civilized time and, to be home. And then I have dinner and I like to kind of get into bed early. Do you guys cook dinner at home usually? Uh, yeah, someone does whatever. You know. What on, are you watching? Well, right now, uh, my wife was in charge of that. And I said to her, I said, Peggy, you got to give me something to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have uh, ADD. Okay. I'm always distracted. Yeah. yeah. So if she gets into a good show, I'm with her. But lately she hasn't been like focusing in on that. Okay. Uh, what are some that you guys that, have that's watched on recently? <laughs> oh, I don't. You know something? Uh, this is where I'm not good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Irishman. Okay. That takes patience. It's a well, three-hour film. Yeah, it does. In spite of what the New York Post said today, I didn't read yeah. the article, but yeah. they trashed it. But, you know. Did you watch Succession? I never did because I didn't want to be reminded of Rupert Murdoch. Everyone yeah. says. Uh, yeah. Uh, every, and I didn't watch um, the other uh, very successful show on Fleabag? The Fox guy. Oh. 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 Yeah. Ugh, I can't uh, think of it. Uh, the, where, I don't know what it Roger is. Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. what show was there about? It was a, the it Russell Crowe? No, no. Oh, there's not, a movie. Yeah, it was a movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to watch anything that annoys me. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. just, I don't want to be annoyed. I don't yeah. watch CNN anymore because okay. I get annoyed. Yeah. I think that's a uh, healthy you know, decision. I mean, I know all the news going on, but, yeah. you know, it's it's tough times today. Yeah. Almost unbelievable times. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's not, not my value system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The disrespect for people and oh, yeah. all that is just incredible. Absolutely. You know, what, what are people learning? I mean, how are they feeling? 
civil war times in a way. But yep. so I, I I watch what I watch. I don't like to watch news shows per se about mm-hmm. politics and kind of look at who's running. And you know, I I mean, God, let's get some really good people in there. Um, Mickey, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. We've loved having you. Oh, I love being here. The Is time. there anything else we should know? Uh. About your, your keys to Let's success? Let's do chapter two. Let's do chapter yeah, two. Perfect. All right. All right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yes, of course. There's a lot you should know, but we didn't even... <laughs> we barely scratched the we, surface. We barely, you know, I, I like to talk about yeah. instinct and judgment in life. Yeah. And feeling and what you're, what you're thinking is yeah. always true. Following you know, your gut. And follow your gut. And that's something I always speak to the students about. Uh, and, and you have to get to a certain point in your life mm-hmm. where you are confident enough in following your gut. And you have to be able to hear it or feel it. Yep, feeling it. Some people it. can't. I, yeah. I'm feeling it. Yeah. You know, and that's what I, I like in people. You know, it's street smart, good yeah. gut, etc. Gets cetera. it. That's, yeah. that's chapter two. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Thank you so much. Thanks. This was thank so you. wonderful. Right, we feel cool. so fortunate and All grateful. Right, well, thank you. Oh, I'm having fun. Good. Take care. Plus, that's it fills an hour. You know, let's yeah. make it. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's the good. show. You should have a radio show. <laughs> This has been a production of Dear Media. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and much more on a thing or two HQ.com. 